BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me on this Saturday afternoon. This is your SmackDown post show for January 5th, 2024. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from my mother's basement inside the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Saturday afternoons, wherever you may be. I wasn't live last night for uh, the people that are wondering why I'm live on a Saturday afternoon. I have a busy day ahead of me. Last night, I was in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I was at the Borgata Casino, beautiful casino. Felt like I was a part of the Rat Pack last night, man. Felt like uh, I was a part of the Italian Mafia. Sitting down, drinking some whiskey, and listening to Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge, Creed, Solo. Stuff that he does. Mark Tremonti, one of the most acclaimed guitarists in the world. Singing Frank Sinatra, man. Excellent stuff. Really had a great time. Probably one of the best live shows that I've maybe ever been to. So that's why I wasn't live last night. Wasn't really going to miss the show. It was one of three shows on the East Coast. And uh, it's a once in a lifetime thing. That's why I wasn't here last night. So short story. I was out at a concert. Today we conduct business Today, we get down to it. Yes, I did watch SmackDown in full. Yes, I'm ready to give you guys everything I got in regards to SmackDown as we are on the road to the Royal Rumble. Let's start with Roman Reigns and the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship as Bacardi just has awoken from her slumber. Um... You know, I I see a lot of people talking about Rock and Roman continuously throughout my social media browsing. Some people want Rock Roman at WrestleMania. Some people agree that it doesn't need to take place at WrestleMania. Whichever side of the opinion that you're on, I think we all know and have come to an understanding that WWE is about to give us one of the last potential dream matches that 
that could possibly ever do of this magnitude of this generation. Last night, there was a triple threat match to determine Roman Reigns' Royal Rumble opponent. Randy Orton, LA Knight, and AJ Styles. The match itself, I thought was okay up until about maybe five minutes, six minutes left to go before we got the eventual interference from the bloodline. I thought they turned out a great triple threat match. I don't think it was an all-time classic or an all-time banger, but I do think that what they created last night was very, very good. Roman interferes in the match. He's back. All we seen of him on the show was him exiting a limo at the start of the show with the bloodline and with Paul Heyman. And Caleb Braxton asked him the situation in regards to The Rock. What did you think of Dwayne showing up on Monday and laying down the head of the table comment that he said on Monday? Roman Reigns did exactly what he did on social media. He put a laughing emoji on Monday night and then basically laughed at Kayla's question and walked off. He will not be acknowledging Dwayne Johnson. That's what's going to be until we get a eventual face-to-face. He's not acknowledging The Rock. Now, that is the last time we saw Roman throughout the entire show up until the main event. With the triple threat match that we got, I was of the belief that maybe we'd get Randy Orton one-on-one against Roman at the Rumble. Maybe we'd get AJ Styles, being that we haven't seen that yet in this in this run. And it made sense with him being there because AJ was put out by the bloodline and AJ has a, a direct sense of revenge against Roman. And he wants what uh, whatever happened to him to be fulfilled. He wants his revenge on the bloodline. So LA Knight, He was obviously the odd man out. He got his championship match. There's no reason to put him in another rematch. He's not winning the title. So I'm thinking either Randy Orton or AJ Styles here. AJ Styles pins LA Knight. Randy Orton pins LA Knight. And then we move on to a one-on-one match. What we got last night was a no contest. No decision was made. Roman interfered. And Nick Aldis was sitting at ringside during the entire match. And basically went up to Paul Heyman and said, well, you, after tonight, go tell your uh, your tribal chief that now what he's done is directly put himself in a fatal four-way match at the Royal Rumble. So instead of wrestling one guy, he's got to wrestle all four in a fatal four-way match for the Universal Heavyweight Championship. Now, I know a lot of people tend to think that I'm a Triple H nut hugger or that uh, I'm a Triple H shill. And I don't criticize WWE. Oh, he only criticizes AEW. He's so far up Triple H's asshole. That's all I get. I mean, I criticize WWE television. You must be fucking new here. Of course I do. They're not perfect. Are they the better promotion right now? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's that's just common logic. Not that AEW is bad or anything. It's just WWE is churning out better television. But for all the geeks in the back who want to snicker, JD sucks. Triple H is nuts, man. Here's one for you. 
Because I don't know how this makes it past quality control, man. I look at it and I'm like, well, Roman's a fucking idiot, man. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? The first thing that came to my mind was, well, it's not a fatal four-way. I don't give a fuck about the fatal four-way. I don't give a shit about uh, Randy Orton or LA Knight or uh, AJ Styles. What I'm thinking about is, well, why would Roman go out there and blatantly cause a no contest and put himself directly in a situation where he's now got to wrestle three other guys instead of one? You mean to tell me that that little nugget of information made it past quality control and WWE said, yeah, you know what? That makes a lot of sense, man. We're going to make Roman look like the smart guy here. I mean, how to make Roman Reigns look like an idiot in five minutes? You mean to tell me they call Paul Heyman the wise man? You mean to tell me that they didn't defer information back and forth? They didn't discuss this backstage Well, you know, my tribal chief, if you go out there and interfere in this match, there's a real possibility that Nick Aldis could make this uh, a fatal four-way match instead of a one-on-one match. So you mean to tell me that Roman would, would rather defend his championship against three other guys instead of one? Doesn't really make the tribal chief look like uh, a, a college scholar with a 4.0 GPA. Come on, man. Ridiculous. He's supposed to be the head of the table. He's supposed to be the tribal chief. He's supposed to be the guy up here and everybody else is down here, yet he's making fucking kindergarten-like decisions. Now, I get it. WWE did not want to risk doing a Randy Orton-Roman Reigns match. It's a marquee match. I don't know if we're going to get it. But WWE did not want to risk Randy Orton and Roman Reigns in a one-on-one match because, you know, we talk about them booking themselves into a corner there would be no clear outcome there, and the only outcome would be the same outcome that we've seen for the last three years in regards to Roman Reigns' matches. Solo Sokoa interferes, Jimmy Uso interferes, somebody interferes. Randy Orton cannot lose, should not lose, will not lose. Roman Reigns is certainly not losing. So that's a lose-lose situation there. Then if you go with LA Knight, I mean, it's just way too fucking predictable. We've seen that match once, and we didn't even need to see it the first fucking time because it didn't make sense then. Why would it make sense now? Then we got AJ Styles. He's also not winning the championship, though it makes better sense storyline-wise because he, before everybody else, wanted a piece of Roman Reigns, and he wanted revenge on Roman. But AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns at this juncture does not really make a main event match for the Royal Rumble. It doesn't need to meet, to, to mean or be a main event match because the Royal Rumble match is the reason why we watch the Royal Rumble. That is the main event. But Roman, AJ, Roman LA Knight, and Roman Randy, individually, none of them really made any sense. Or in LA Knight and AJ Styles' case, wasn't really marquee the way WWE wanted it to be. So now WWE is giving us a fatal four-way. They're they're giving us this fatal four-way. And instead of a very predictable scenario, and in regards to Randy Orton, a very predictable scenario, because Randy Orton wouldn't be beating Roman Reigns one-on-one, now we got a fatal four-way. The unpredictability of the match now has been taken maybe from 
0% to maybe 25%. It's a little bit more unpredictable than WWE wanted it to be. And I guess they went with that because any one of those prior scenarios would have been very predictable for WWE, and they wanted to throw a little monkey wrench into the gears here. So now we're looking at a fatal four-way between all four of these guys. Obviously, the one big talking point here is, well, is WWE setting Roman Reigns up to lose his championship? I don't know. Why are we benching people in the chat? What did Francisco Montiero say? AEW sucks. Get him out. I'm not even talking about AEW yet. I got people coming in here claiming AEW sucks. This is a WWE podcast. Take your tribalism and go fucking run into the traffic that you see outside your window and get the fuck away from me, please. Ridiculous. Your tribalism, it's no good here. Get out. Now we're looking at a fatal four-way. The scenario on social media is, well, what if WWE setting Roman Reigns up to lose his championship in a fatal four-way? It's a possibility. It's a possibility, man. I think we all know. I think we have all come to an understanding that Roman Reigns and The Rock is happening. When? Where? I don't know. Could happen at the Elimination Chamber. Could happen at WrestleMania. Could happen at SummerSlam. Could happen in Saudi. I don't know where it's going to happen. WWE is very tight-lipped about what the fuck is going on with Roman Reigns and The Rock. But I think we also all know that The match, if it does happen, realistically does not need the World Heavyweight Championship behind it. WWE could easily do that match without the title on the line, and it simply could be for the head of the table. I don't like Roman in any situation losing unless it's to put somebody else over. That's the basis of my argument. And it should be the one aspect that you guys look at as well. I'm tired of, oh, no, Roman and The Rock needs to happen at WrestleMania. I mean, it's too big of a match. I'm sorry. I'm tired of talking about this narrative. You could do it at the Elimination Chamber in front of 65,000 people, and it's going to garner the same amount of attention as it would if it happened at WrestleMania. You cannot refute that. The Rock is bigger than WWE, no matter where he goes. The same amount of publicity, the same amount of coverage, the same amount of hype, and the same amount of excitement is going to go into that match than it would at WrestleMania. I'm not here to blow up a year full of WWE creative because Dwayne wants to now come back after this rumored match that was supposed to happen last year and then the year before that and then the year before that. We've been talking about this match ever since Roman turned into the Tribal Chief. And now you people are willingly wanting to throw it into the WrestleMania main event after four years of dicking around. No, I don't stand for that. We've moved on. There are other things far more important than fucking Rock and Roman Reigns right now. WWE is at the liberty. They are fortunate enough to put this match on an event internationally in front of 70,000 people and get away with it. Two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, 
that would not have been attainable. Yet here we are. And people still tend to think that the Elimination Chamber is a B-level pay-per-view. Nick Khan is not making anything into a B-level pay-per-view. Nick Khan wants to take WWE pay-per-view or PLE to the next level. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc to a point where every city that they enter needs to bid on wwe going there perth australia bid and gives them money for wwe to come and then they said you know what we want you here. How much would it take to get The Rock here? WWE is going to make bank. Stop the narrative of, oh, Rock is not going to retire or wrestle his last match at the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> He's not going to wrestle his last match at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? 
Rock is about to make a, a fucking massive payday that would equal his fucking. I don't know what type of what what type of movie role does The Rock take, and what is his minimum salary? Twenty million. He'll probably end up making the same amount of money just to enter the fucking country and, and wrestle Roman Reigns for twenty minutes. But you don't deem that to be a good thing. I do. The narratives that I've seen so far, man, are absolutely asinine ridiculous. Ridiculous. None of these people can refute why Roman and The Rock shouldn't take place at the Elimination Chamber. Now all I see is, oh, JD's a Cody stan. This one's a Cody stan. JD's a Cody cocksucker. Cody sucks. Cody's a lame baby face. Cody this, Cody that. I'm sorry. Whatever future beholds Cody Rhodes, he's going to have to deal with that. That doesn't mean we stop the fucking story and pivot somewhere else. You follow the path that you've laid down since last year's WrestleMania. That doesn't include The the Rock. The narrative out there that Roman could potentially lose his championship at the Royal Rumble... In a fatal four-way match. That's the narrative that you're going with now. Oh, Randy Orton could win the championship. He could pin AJ Styles. Randy Orton can win the championship. He could pin LA Knight. And he could become the Universal Heavyweight Championship. Then WWE could do Roman versus The Rock at WrestleMania. And the title doesn't need to be on the line. And Cody gets to finish his story. Finish his story against who? A manufactured feud with Randy Orton because it's WrestleMania? Instead of letting things naturally take shape. Yeah, let's go to somebody else because, you know, we got to do Roman versus The Rock at WrestleMania. First of all, Roman isn't losing his championship at the fucking Royal Rumble. Secondly, if you think that Roman potentially losing his championship in a fatal four-way match without taking a pin is a good creative decision, I'm going to need you to stop watching this sport altogether because you're a fucking idiot. And thank God you don't have any say in any wrestling creative ever. Period. Everything that you and I had to sit through, 1,230 days, fucking slaying them all, one after one after one after one, Us begging for this title reign to end. You want it to end without him putting over somebody else to pass the torch? Without him being pinned? Yeah, we'll keep Roman undefeated. He never took a pinfall loss. For what? The Rock to beat him? You genuinely think The Rock beating Roman because the championship is on the line. That, that's good creative? That's good creative to you. We spent the last four years to give The Rock, Roman, and everything that he's done. My God, man. when, When I think the IWC can't get any stupider, when I think the IWC can't get any more dumb, this is the shit that I gotta read. None of these situations, none of these scenarios work out. None of them. None of them. None of them work out but the original one that I discussed on Monday. Roman Rock Elimination Chamber. 
Roman goes to WrestleMania because Cody either wins the Rumble or the Elimination Chamber match. And then he challenges Roman at WrestleMania. And Roman, like the champion that he is, like the fucking villain that we had to endure for the last four years that's beaten everybody, he takes his power, transfers it to, to Cody Rhodes, and he puts over the next in line. That's the way it should be done. Old school, classic, 101 pro wrestling, read the handbook, Nothing works out but that. Plain and simple. If you think any other scenario is better than that, I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Because that, that's that's a discussion that I don't even want to engage in. I don't. Roman is now losing his title to Randy Orton at the Royal Rumble, and Roman should not be losing to The Rock. All because it's a non-title match. I don't give a fuck if this is Rock's last match. I don't give a shit if he's retiring. I don't give a shit what The Rock is doing. The Rock should be putting over somebody in his final match. That's the type of fucking guy The Rock should be. And if he's going to put over Roman, it should be as Roman is the champion. Because it's only going to enhance whoever beats Roman after that which is why I've been stating all week, Roman beats The Rock for the title at the Elimination Chamber. He sits upon the throne of fucking absolutely nobody can touch him until Cody beats him at WrestleMania. How do you think Cody is going to look and feel after he beats the guy that has beaten them all, including The Rock? It is not that difficult to book. I do not Understand how you think any other way works. Roman in a fatal four-way losing his championship potentially is an awful, awful creative decision. Just downright awful. Roman wrestling The Rock with the potential of Rock beating Roman without the championship being on the line is an awful decision. Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton at WrestleMania is an awful decision because it's not time. It's not time. If you're going to do what I just said, and Cody's going to be the champion on SmackDown, which has the same, or he's on the same brand as Randy Orton, you don't need to rush into a match because we got to pivot to Rock and Roman. Yeah, Cody's got nobody else now. Let's do Randy Orton. Randy Orton has not even been a part of his fucking last year, and you want to throw him into a fucking match? Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes is your main event, should be your main event for SummerSlam, when Cody already has a championship run under his belt. That should be the first major thing that happens to Cody Rhodes in his world title run. But all because of Roman Rock, you want to rush that for WrestleMania? Is it a WrestleMania-worthy match? Sure. Sure. Why do we got to do it at this year's WrestleMania? Why can't it wait for SummerSlam? Why can't it wait for next year's WrestleMania? Why do we got to rush into it? No, because we need Roman and Rock at WrestleMania. Now, the only other option I would take I don't even know if I take this one because then you're actively taking away from CM Punk and Seth Rollins. But WWE, it wouldn't be the first time that they put the fucking world championship on the line in the opening match of WrestleMania. I can't fucking stand it. Seth Rollins deserves a main event. CM Punk's story is main eventing WrestleMania. Something that he didn't do and he made a big deal about 10 years ago. 
And, and conveniently, it's the same person being back now that he fucking complained about then. Roman and Rock, night one WrestleMania. Roman beats The Rock, and then he defends the title against Cody on night two of WrestleMania. You could do that. I don't like it. You could do it. But then you're going to get the camp of, oh, Seth Rollins deserves it. Why are you going to take a main event spot away from him? CM Punk deserves it. Why are you going to take a main event spot again, uh, away from him? The ladies, what happens to them? The Royal Rumble winner once again for a second year in a row. Doesn't main event WrestleMania? No. None, none, none of that sounds good, man. None of it sounds good. None of it. Roman Rock Chamber, Roman Cody WrestleMania, and that is it. Simple. Save Randy and Cody for SummerSlam, or if you want to wait even longer and make it more epic, Cody versus Randy at WrestleMania next year for 41. But this idea that Roman is going to lose the championship at the Royal Rumble without taking a pin, I mean, that is a fucking awful decision. An awful decision. You don't take somebody and have them be undefeated for three and a half years to just simply lose their championship without being pinned. That's not doing good business. That's not helping whoever is ascending the throne next. He needs to pass the torch. And if he doesn't, not going to really make Cody Rhodes look any better than he does now. The whole idea that, you know, Cody is... His time has passed. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the Cody hate train and the Cody hate narrative lately. All because Rock came back. WWE actively divided their fucking community because 50% want the Rock and then the other 50% want to see Cody finish his fucking story. WWE, with all that they did with Cody, should have done it last year. Looking back at everything then we wouldn't be in this fucking position. And The Rock and Roman could take place at WrestleMania like everybody wants without the fucking title being on the line. But they didn't do that. They wanted to drag this out and drag Cody through the mud five months with Brock Lesnar and then nothing. Dominic, Judgment Day, War Games. Now we got Shinsuke Nakamura. WWE is doing themselves no favors if they don't do what is best here. Roman, Rock, Chamber, Roman, Cody, WrestleMania, that is it. What you do with everybody else, I don't fucking know. Figure it out. I booked a WrestleMania card for weeks now. Punk versus Rollins, night one main event. Cody versus Roman, night two main event. Rock wants to be a part of WrestleMania. Throw him in there and have him be an enforcer to, the, to Cody Rhodes. Have him endorse Cody Rhodes. Because you know the bloodline's going to be out there. Or better yet... You want Rock to wrestle at WrestleMania? Why don't you have him team with Jey Uso and they team up against Jimmy and Solo Sokoa? You want to include him in the bloodline story? There you go. He doesn't need to be wrestling Roman at WrestleMania because he would have already done it at the Elimination Chamber. Maybe that's what they do. It's an easy narrative to tell. Rock goes through the same bullshit that everybody else went through at the chamber. Jimmy, solo, interfere. Roman nefariously cheats to win. Jay Uso comes out, sets up a match at WrestleMania. Jay and, Ro Jay and Rock versus Jimmy and Solo. Because right now, where else are they going with all those guys? It's the best way to go about it to me.
It fits the whole narrative as well. Brock takes those guys out before Cody and Roman lock up, and Cody wins the match clean. We need to stop booking recklessly. Stop booking with your feelings. I've done it, but this is outright ridiculous. I am for finishing a story that you've already started. See this through. All because it's The Rock doesn't mean, oh, it's got to take place at WrestleMania. 65,000 people in Australia will get Roman and Rock. That is a WrestleMania-like atmosphere. Save WrestleMania for what is right. Rock is going to be gone after this. Goodbye. He won't wrestle another match ever again. This is it for him. But Cody, we'll have to see Cody on our televisions every week. And if you want Cody to feel less than as a champion, then by all means, fuck him over on the road to WrestleMania. See how the fans react then. Or better yet, put him in the middle of this shit between Roman and Rock and then watch everybody boo Cody Rhodes. Because that's exactly where WWE is going with this if it continues on any further. We got a $100 bomb as always from my brother here, Jason Barker. Hey, J.D., just had a conversation about this on Drew's Twitter spaces last night. I believe Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes at Mania cheapens the story. I think the story is attached to Roman Reigns. Rock versus Roman at the Chamber is the move. Yes. Absolutely. I don't give a shit what anybody else says. That's the same way that I feel. I don't know if it... I would say probably it does cheapen the story. It just takes the story into a completely different, different road. It takes the story down a different road because Randy hasn't been there since Cody's been back. Yes, Randy fits into the Cody story, but Cody should ascend the heights of being the champion and then have Randy come out from wherever he's hiding and turn heel against a a, a baby-faced Cody. That's the move. That's the move. Randy's a red-hot babyface right now. You want to put him in the ring against a red-hot babyface in Cody Rhodes? I mean, that doesn't make sense. Now? Come on, man. Thank you, Jason. The IWC Tribal Chief with a $100 Super Chat. We're going to get into the rest of the show, guys. We're going to talk about Tyler Bate. We're going to talk about AOP and Karrion Cross. We're going to talk what I thought was a very good women's match between Mia Yim and EO Sky. We got a bunch of shit to talk about right here on OTS. I really appreciate you guys being here with me on your Saturday afternoons. We got 2,200 live on a Saturday afternoon, man. Still a lot to get into. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys follow me on social There'll be plenty of content all through the month of January. I'm going to go hard in January, man. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. We uploaded yesterday. We uploaded on Wednesday, on Tuesday, on Monday. We got a full week of stuff, man. And then more coming tomorrow as well. Go check out all the latest content on the homepage. Everything is ordered in specific playlists for you guys to navigate through easily. Go check all that stuff out. 
Hit that thumbs up. We got 615 likes. I'm looking for at least 1,000, man. If we could get 1,000 minimum, that would make me a very happy guy, man. I love when YouTube pushes the stream and pushes the video out after it's published. And it's thanks to you guys by hitting the thumbs up. Super Chats are open. Become like Jason Barker. Become a VIP. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are always open. Whether you need to renew your membership or become a first-time new member, hit that join button down below. Become a channel member right here on OTS. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. I will be live from the NYC Arena tonight on Premier Network with Jason Solomon, a.k.a. the Solomonster. Commentary tonight for House of Glory. It is HOG versus Impact or TNA. It is our Brace for Impact tonight on Premier Network. You guys can go and watch that live tonight at 8 p.m., Should be a fun show live from Queens tonight, which is where I will be after this stream is over. Let's get into SmackDown, man. We're going to start off at the top. I thought last night was a very solid show, flowed very smoothly. I I need to say this before we go any further. I'm going to need Paul Levesque. To find the whereabouts of Mauro Ranallo. Vince McMahon's not there anymore. He won't be bullied by JBL. If I, if I have to listen to Kevin Patrick for all of 2024, I, I may have to start watching this show on mute. And I don't want to do that because I think Corey Graves is fantastic. Seriously. Kevin Patrick sucks. Big time. Don't know why he's even there. Moving Michael Cole away from SmackDown was a terrible, terrible, terrible move. We need to find somebody that's going to fit in that role a little bit better than fucking Kevin Patrick. Kevin Owens. Speaking of Kevin. Kevin Owens. He went one-on-one with Santos Escobar. He's out there with Angel Garza and Humberto. Carrillo, my guy Umberto is back, man. Look at that. They look good together. They look very good together. United States Championship Contender Tournament. This is the final to crown the number one contender for Logan Paul, who has not defended his championship in 60-some-odd days at the Royal Rumble. Kevin Owens wins the final of the tournament in a very good match. And I love the fact, I don't know how you guys felt, man. I'm watching SmackDown last night, and they went right into the tournament, man, right into the final. It felt like a big deal. Let's find out who the number one contender is. Nice change of pace, man. No in-ring promo, no big segment to start the show. Go right into the fucking match. Nice change of pace for WWE. So the bell rings, and Logan Paul's music hit. He walks out. He's got this very obnoxious fur coat. He's got the United States Championship draped over his shoulder. He sat on commentary next to Corey Graves and loser guy, Kevin Patrick. So all of a sudden, being that Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo were out there, the LWO 
runs out. This is Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild. Speaking of Joaquin Wild, did you guys see that clip that was on social media happened on NXT this past Tuesday where Joaquin Wild flew? It was like it was the longest, furthest jump dive I have ever seen watching pro wrestling ever. I mean, it was just a tremendous piece of business. So, shout out to Joaquin Wild, man. Good stuff there. So, they fought and they brawled with Carrillo and Garza. And all because of this, this has now made the one-on-one match a little bit more even because Santos doesn't have his boys out there and they were chased to the back by the LWO. So Owens capitalized on this because Santos was like, oh my God, what is going on? He's got his hands behind his head. He's distracted. And Owens, he blasted him in the corner and he sets up for a big frog splash off the top rope. And that's exactly what happened. So he went for a quick one, two, three. We got this match starting hot and heavy already. And Kevin Owens almost walked out with a big frog splash victory. So we go, we go to commercial break, and then we come back from break. Owens is in control. He started looking over at Logan Paul. Logan is on commentary talking about Owens' weights and Owens' attire and the fact that he should call Stone Cold Steve Austin or Stone Cold should call Kevin Owens and ask for his move back because Owens uses the stunner as a finish. Kind of going in on him. Subtle jabs on commentary. So, Owens is up top. Escobar cut him off, and then Escobar slammed Owens' arm into the ring post. So, the broken hand is the story here. Escobar worked Owens' arm back inside the ring. Owens, he's on the outside again. Escobar landed a tope suicida. Started to really mock Kevin Owens at this point. Escobar went for Owens' arm, but Owens kicked away, rolled back into the ring. Escobar went to the top. Owens, with the hurt hand, climbed up top with him. Escobar fought him off, jumped off the top, and Owens caught and planted Escobar with a DDT. So then they go back up top. Escobar tried to set up for superplex, but Owens counted into a package suplex, which always looks devastating. And then we go into another commercial break. So the two were up top again when we get back from this second commercial break, and they fought out of it. Owens super kicked Escobar to the outside. Owens landed a big cannonball before going up to the top. Owens went for a senton, but Escobar got his knees up. Escobar then landed double knees in the corner, which is his meteora, and then he goes up top and he delivers a Frankensteiner from the top rope on Kevin Owens. He then goes back up top. A lot of moves up top here. He goes up top, lands a big frog splash, kind of sloppy, but he nailed it, goes for a cover, gets a two count. Crowd was chanting, Logan sucks, Logan sucks, because Logan is just obnoxious. So he kind of got up from the commentary seat, and he was kind of playing into it, holding up his championship, mocking the fans. Escobar then placed Owens back up top, hit a step up in Zaguri. Owens grabbed Escobar and landed a rolling senton off the second rope. Owens went for the Stone Cold Stunner. Escobar rolled Owens up for a two count. Owens then hit a super kick. And after one failed attempt, a pop-up powerbomb, Owens hit the stunner, and Escobar loses clean in the finals here. Kevin Owens is going to the Royal Rumble, and Kevin Owens is going on to wrestle Logan Paul for the United States Championship. This was the only match that made sense in the tournament. The only match that made sense in the tournament. I would have taken Dragon Lee, 
but WWE needs something for Kevin Owens to do. And I think this right now is a prime spot for him. I think they're going to deliver a low-key banger on Saturday afternoon at the Royal Rumble in three weeks. After the match, Logan Paul got on the microphone and told Owens he will face the greatest United States champion in history. Logan Paul then mentioned he had his title for 62 days and he hasn't broken a sweat. He says, you thought a Canadian could have the United States championship? Logan Paul mocked the idea of the Vancouver Canucks winning the Stanley Cup and made a correlation to the United States title with that statement. Paul tried to say his own name, but Owens knocked Paul out with his hurt hand because he's got the cast on his hand, knocked him out. And that set up whatever is coming next in the next three weeks for Logan Paul and Kevin Owens. I thought this was a very good match. Don't really like seeing Santos lose clean, but I think Santos will be fine. I think Santos has his few coming up with Rey Mysterio. I think when they when they get to that point, obviously we're going to get the LWO and Rey Mysterio versus Santos and his legato or legato 2.0. But the idea here is Santos is not yet ready for a United States championship or a championship in general. Let's start slow. Let's build him towards Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania and give him that big win. That is the match that we need at WrestleMania, and that is the moment where Rey puts over Santos, and Santos is the new face of Lucha Libre in WWE. Simple. And then after that, then we get Andrade coming back in, Pair him up with Zelina and the LWO and then have Andrade feud with Santos. I think that would be the best way to go about it. I'm just fantasy booking at that point. I was expecting to see Andrade last night. We did not get Andrade last night. They're probably waiting for a a surprise debut in the Royal Rumble. It is from what I am thinking in regards to his return. But... I like Santos and Ray. Let's start there. Santos becoming the new face of Lucha Libre at WrestleMania by beating Ray Mysterio. So a loss here is not the end of the world. Kevin Owens needed this more. Santos will get his day. And Santos is going to have a great 2024. Bobby Lashley. He's out there with the Street Profits looking sharp. They're coming out there to basically tell everybody exactly what to expect from them. In 2024. So before we get to the ring of Bobby Lashley, they showed a backstage segment where Logan Paul was icing his eye backstage after being blasted in the eye with the cast by Kevin Owens. And he was being checked on by Sean Devari. Kathy Kelly approached him for comment. Austin Theory and Grayson Waller approached him and told Logan Paul to get to the drainer's room and how disgusting Kevin Owens was. A despicable act. A despicable human being is Kevin Owens. Cameron Grimes started laughing at Logan Paul and kind of was poking fun at the situation. Waller and Grimes started shoving each other, so it looks like they set up a match between those two guys next week. To the moon, Cameron Grimes, man. Hopefully, he has a good 2024 as well. I'd like to see a little bit more of him on the main roster. So, we get... Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. They're in the middle of the ring. And I put over these segments last week with Karrion Cross and the little teases that we got with seeing the silhouettes of AOP and Paul Ellering briefly in the vignette. I watched that Karrion Cross vignette about five or six different times, man. Probably the best piece of work that he's done in the WWE up until this point. 
He looks the part. He sounds the part. He's he's going to have a, a much better year this year. I firmly believe that. And if they book them strong and we go in a different direction than what we've seen with Karrion Cross, where he loses all the time and he's not made to be a big deal, if they put these guys together, I'm expecting them to have a great year. Seriously. So the Hurt Business is out there. Lashley said 2023 was probably the toughest year of his career because while he put in the work, it didn't result in the results he wanted. So the highlight of the year, though, was linking up with the Street Profits. So he said their New Year's resolution is very simple, taking everything they deserve in 2024. Montez says they're going to take full advantage of every opportunity they can when it comes to winning titles. Angelo Dawkins told the Judgment Day to keep their heads on a swivel because they're coming for those tag team titles. Lashley said his goal is to get back to being the almighty. He declared himself for the Royal Rumble. Now, he was not the only one to declare himself for the Royal Rumble this week. We also had that WWE preview special that I wasted my time watching because we were told that Triple H was going to have a major announcement on that show, which never came. And Becky Lynch also announced herself for the Royal Rumble. And Shinsuke Nakamura announced himself for the Royal Rumble. While I still waited for Triple H to make the announcement, it quickly became a realization that it wasn't happening and that the announcement he made earlier in that same day about Money in the Bank being in Toronto, they probably spoiled the announcement early. Yet I was the fool who watched that show and it was basically uh, an hour of scripted, nonsensical, nauseating content from stooges that WWE employs. Great. So he basically pulled a good old TK, the Triple H. He baited and switched everybody. I got a major announcement. And then the major announcement was made already. And then we watched the show and then no major announcement was made. Keep taking those uh, those uh, subtle acts from TK, Paul. Please don't do that. Please don't do that again. So they want the tag team titles. Bobby Lashley is in the Royal Rumble. He wants to win the Royal Rumble. And then we get a video on the screen that has this countdown timer, and then it says the time is near or the end is near. Karrion Cross and Scarlett are in this vignette that's playing on the big screen. Out comes Karrion Cross, looking very stoic and very beastly. Then out comes Scarlett, and then emerging from the smoke is Paul Ellering. He comes and stands on the opposite side of Karrion Cross. So he's got Scarlett and Paul Ellering on his side. And then all of a sudden, like that fucking scene out of the first Jurassic Park where they're looking for the generators and they got to go through the jungle. And then, you know, he's got the shotgun, right? And he's telling Ellie to run. And he's got a, an eyesight on, on, on the Velociraptor. And then when he gets close enough, he thinks that it's clear for her to run. And then all of a sudden, there was a second Velociraptor right there waiting to prey on him. It's exactly how I felt this went down here with AOP, man. The Hurt Business were so enamored with what was on the stage. They saw Karrion Cross come out, and then they didn't realize what was behind them. Akam and Razor came out and attacked, blindsided all three men, and put the boots to them. So we got a super collider. 
We got Karrion Cross delivering his new finish on Bobby Lashley. And this new group, which right now doesn't have a name, Karrion Cross was wearing a T-shirt that said The Final Prayer. I don't know if that's the name of the group or if that's just a cool-looking fucking shirt. New merchandise for Karrion Cross, but right now I'm going to go under the assumption that they don't have a name yet, but the makeup of the group looks fantastic. I was never a big fan of AOP, you know, but they got the look, they got the size, they can be an intimidating tag team. Paul Ellering with them adds to their act. I mean, so in one in one group here, we got Karrion Cross finally getting some decent creative. Karrion Cross leading a group alongside Paul Ellering, and we got another solid tag team entering the tag team ranks for WWE. I mean, this is a win-win here. This is a win-win situation for everybody involved. I'm looking forward to this group. They got the makeup of a big group, cool-looking group. And if WWE gives them any sort of direction, books them strong in any way, this will already be better than everything that Cross has done in 2023. And you might not be a fan of Karrion Cross. You might not be. You might not know who AOP is. But give them a chance. This is, this is probably the most direction that he's had in all of his main roster run. And it's been difficult for him to get back on track because when Vince was there, they buried him so badly that I don't think he really ever recovered, even though he got brought back in the Triple H era. And even then, Vince McMahon was still kind of hanging around and still calling the shots. Now it's a different story. Very much looking forward to seeing what this group has to offer SmackDown. Good sign. It also, by the way, I, I will say this. You know, Bobby Lashley's been getting babyface reactions, and they were operating as a heel group. Now this pretty much defines them as babyfaces. Because now, Cross and AOP, Paul Ellering, Scarlett, clearly they're the heels here. So this is another definitive here where Bobby Lashley... And the Street Profits, we don't need to guess if they're heel or babyface. They are clearly 100% babyface now, which is also a good thing for them. Like it. EO Sky. She defended the WWE Women's Championship against Michin. Mia Yim. Now, I know a lot of people were like, well, how come J.D. didn't really go in hard on Rhea Ripley and Ivy Nile on Monday's Raw? I thought Ivy Nile turned out a great performance on Monday Night Raw. A lot of people really wanted me to ream WWE for booking a match with Rhea Ripley that, storyline-wise, doesn't make any sense. What did Ivy Nile do to deserve a women's championship match? Nothing. I know she did nothing. You know she did nothing. She didn't do anything. What has Mia Yim done to get a championship match? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. A lot of people were pointing out that aspect of what I said on Monday because I went so hard on the fatal four-way that took place on AEW Dynamite with Trent Beretta and Vikingo and Keith, uh, Brian Keith. And Brian Cage, right? 
the fuck did these guys do to earn a AEW Continental title match against Eddie Kingston? Nothing. Nothing. I got people coming at me. Oh, well, Vikingo won the matches on Rampage. Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, Ryan K. Whatever the fucking case was. They wanted me. They wanted me. They called me out for, for, for my negative take on that match because I didn't say anything about Ivy Nile and Rhea Ripley. None of it makes sense. This doesn't make sense. Do you want to know why I didn't call it out? It's because Rhea Ripley has zero opponents lined up for her in that division. She's beaten everybody. If it wasn't Ivy Nile, who the fuck was it going to be? You could have plugged anybody in that spot. It wouldn't have made any sense. But WWE wants Rhea to be featured on TV. WWE wants Rhea to defend the championship. And you're not going to put Rhea versus Becky Lynch or Rhea versus Nia Jax or Rhea versus this one. Who are you going to put in that spot? There is nobody. She's beating everybody. They're saving the big match for WrestleMania. So it wasn't even a comparable situation. Michin didn't do anything to earn a championship match. But how many of you realize that Michin and Zelina Vega were taken out by damage control before the War Games match because they were looking to add another member to the babyface team? They asked Michin. She was taken out. They asked Zelina Vega. She was taken out. That's why this match took place. The fact that the women's title was on the line only enhanced, hey, man, we got another championship match for a big-themed show. Who cares? Who else is left on SmackDown when most of the biggest women in the company are in her stable? People want to complain about everything just to complain. Just the way it is. EO is not boring. I don't know what, I don't know what, you guys are fucking ridiculous, man. Holy shit, man. When I think the IWC can't get any more fucking dumb, EO is boring? Jesus fucking Christ, man. Please, go watch somebody else. Is Denise live? Go over there, please. Get out of my fucking chat room. EO is boring. I mean, there's opinion and then there's stupidity. That is stupidity. Who else is boring? Rhea Ripley, is she boring too? Everybody loves Asuka, but EO is boring. Sure thing. EO and Mia Yim, I thought this was a very good match. Honestly, I thought the last three minutes or so was fucking excellent. Rhea Ripley is a great champion. EO is a great champion. And I think both women right now at the top of their divisions are making everybody that they are in the ring with better. Mia Yim had a very good match against EO. It was a little rough around the edges in the first half of the match, but when they picked it up, I thought it worked out very well. Mia Yim, I don't know what it is with Mia Yim, man. I feel like she goes, I feel like Mia Yim works in stages. She, she works and comes off sluggish. And then when the match goes on, then she picks up the pace. That's exactly what happened here. It was basically like a car kind of revving up and and going through the different speeds. By the time we got to the end of the match, I'm like, all right, this ended up actually being a good match. And she felt like an adequate challenger to EO Sky. 
So Michin made her entrance, and she was surrounded by the OC. They went to the back. They were not out there. Damage control was out with EO, and they went to the back, so they were not out there. So it was nice to see a nice little change of pace here, man. No outside interference here. So we got these two going at it, and we'll pick it up after the commercial break. Uh, Sky ended up on the outside after Michin hit a dive through the ropes, which looked very lazy, a very lazy dive. We go to commercial break. Meachin is in control after the break. And they had a little powerbomb exchange that felt kind of off. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it was me and him maybe going for a powerbomb. And then maybe she dropped EO and didn't have EO gripped completely. So they attempted it again. And then she muscled EO up and then delivered a powerbomb. Meechin landed a knee to Eo's chin and then a cannonball in the corner for a two count. Miyam then slapped Sky and then hit what looked to be a reverse code breaker. Miyam worked a half crab. Sky made it to the ropes for a break. Meechin went to kick Sky, but Sky caught her. Sky tried a springboard move, but Miyam cut her off with a punch to the head and then Eo. Landed a bridging German suplex on the ring apron. And Corey Graves comically said, you know, Fable may may tell you that that's the hardest part of the ring. Yeah, I know. I hate when commentary teams say, that move is the hardest part of the ring, man. No shit. Tell me something I didn't know, commentary geek. German suplex on the apron. She took control. EO. EO has the best springboard dropkick in the business. My God. It's like it's like her being shot out of a cannon, man. You know, you watch her jump off the ropes, and then it's just this explosive dropkick right to the face, man. She, like, puts all her weight behind it midair. It's great to see. Sky tried the over-the-moon salt a few times here, but first time, me and him got the knees up. Miyim then followed up with a dragon suplex, goes for a cover, gets a two count. Miyim tried to lift EO, but EO countered with double knees. She went up top again for the over the moonsault. Miyim cut her off again and goes up top herself. Sky cut off Miyim, but Yim caught Sky and ultimately landed a second rope styles clash from the second rope. But EO got her hand on the bottom rope to break up the pin. Excellent spot. Then, you know, you could look at this as being a little ridiculous because after a second rope styles clash, I mean, EO barely sold it. So she gets right back up. Sky is on the outside. Mia Yim went for another dive, and she completely just whiffed the dive. She dove through the ropes and landed hard on the floor. And like I said, EO didn't really sell the effects of the styles clash off the second rope. So EO throws Mia Yim back in the ring. She goes up top, finally on a third attempt. She hits the over the moonsault, one, two, three, and she wins the match and retains the WWE Women's Championship. The last three minutes or so were excellent stuff, really good stuff. And me and Yim, man, I'd like to see her be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more physical. You know, I don't want to see me and Yim go through this slow phase and then work her way through the match. She definitely has a lot to offer. She looked good last night. She felt the part. And she is vastly underutilized for being such a good pro wrestler. So if WWE wants to build her up a little bit to be a solid contender throughout the year, I think that they should. Because the more women they get 
that they build up to that point, the better the division is going to be. I want to see women's matches. I want to see women wrestling other women to see who the best is. Wins should matter. Let's not put this one in a title feud and that one in a title feud and not have it make any sense. I want to see women winning matches. I want to see wrestlers winning matches and then really warranting a title shot. Mia Yim, good stuff. EO is great. And EO, I don't know who she's going to defend that championship against, but Bailey's making eyes at Rhea Ripley. Bailey says she's going to win the Royal Rumble. Asuka and Kyrie are aiming at the tag team titles. I don't know when the split of Bailey and Damage Control is coming. Could very well happen in the Royal Rumble. Bailey could end up winning the Royal Rumble. She's definitely an odds-on favorite. Right now, she's got a lot of competition to be in there with to win the Rumble. Becky's a favorite. Bianca is a favorite. So we could see Bailey ending up winning. Liv Morgan's got to be considered a dark horse favorite because she plays into the long-term booking aspect with Rhea Ripley. So she is going to be a dark horse. Women's Royal Rumble is going to be interesting. A couple of different roads that WWE could take, but Bailey right now, I think a lot of people are high on Bailey. So we'll see what happens. Paul Heyman, he was shown backstage, and we got Paul Heyman addressing briefly The Rock and his comment about sitting at the head of the table on Monday Night Raw. Paul Heyman backstage addressed. The Rock dropping Roman Reigns' name. Now, he didn't really drop Reigns' name by name. He didn't call out Roman Reigns, but he said head of the table, which we all know applies to Roman Reigns. He said, to sit at the head of the table, one must be invited to a dinner of relevancy. And The Rock has not been invited, nor will he be. He said The Rock is just like everybody else. He says he's looking for a shortcut to the headlines. There are only two guaranteed ways to go viral nowadays. Date Taylor Swift or call out Roman Reigns. He talked about Brock Lesnar calling out Roman Reigns. He he called out John Cena for calling out Roman Reigns. He said Cody Rhodes is still waiting to finish his story. And CM Punk. He named Rob CM Punk here. Even CM Punk called out Roman Reigns. And then he says... Welcome back. He said, CM Punk said that he's the OG Paul Heyman guy, and that is true. That is true. But he upgraded from best friend to advocate to wise man since they were together, though. He said the tribal chief will smash anyone who opposes him in the main event of WrestleMania. This was simple. It was quick. It was effective. It really went over exactly what he needed to go over. You know, obviously he called out The Rock. Rock wants Roman Reigns. He's calling out the head of the table, but you need to be invited to this dinner to sit at the head of the table or sit at the table. So he kind of deaded The Rock right there. He made The Rock feel irrelevant with what he said there. And then Paul Heyman describes all these different people that have or have continued to call out Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar, he was smashed. Cody Rhodes continues to call out, finish his story. CM Punk called out Roman Reigns. So Paul Heyman not only kind of laid the law down for The Rock, bro, get in the line. You're not invited to this dinner. You're not sitting at the fucking table with the tribal chief. And then all these other guys, you know, obviously Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman here, set up what is to come for Roman Reigns with Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. 
He's beaten Lesnar. He's beaten Cena. He's beaten everybody. I thought this was a very effective segment here with the right Paul Heyman attitude. Really demonstrating that they don't give a shit about what The Rock thinks or what The Rock feels. Very effective. Backstage, we got Bailey, Asuka, Dakota Kai, and Kyrie Sane. And they were backstage, and Bailey ran up to all of them and congratulated EO on the win over Mia Yim and said that EO's reign will never end. And her plan will lead to the Kabuki Warriors winning the tag team titles. Dakota said Bailey is going to win the Royal Rumble and take the title of Rhea Ripley. Bianca Belair all of a sudden walks in and she congratulated EO on her win. Bailey is standing there and Belair looks at Bailey and says, Listen, you're not going to win the Royal Rumble because I'm entering the Royal Rumble and I plan to KOD you over the top rope and then take back my title at WrestleMania. And that will be the end of the EO era. So Bianca walks away, and uh, again, a nice little tease here of some dissension. Bailey is being tested by the rest of Damage Control. Dakota is very upset because she feels that Bailey, she needs to take out Bianca because they don't want Bianca being a threat to EO. So if you want your plan to go off the way you want, then you got to take out Bianca next week. So that we don't need to deal with her. So then you could go on to win the Royal Rumble and EO can remain champion. Again, teasing some dissension between the ranks of damage control. Pretty deadly. Or pretty dead. Lee. Elton Prince and Kit Wilson against Butch. Let me at him. Let me at him, Scoob. Ready? When are we going to change this guy's name back to Pete Dunn? Is that coming? Is that in the pipeline? Butch and Tyler Bate. No, it's Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. Still coming out to the Brawling Brutes theme. Is the Brawling Brutes even a thing anymore? So we got this tag team match. The rumor was it was going to be Sheamus returning, teaming with Butch against Pretty Dead. Lee, I know, but Tyler Bate was also the other rumored name. I I said this a couple weeks ago. It's either Tyler Bate or Sheamus. There was no in-between. It was either one of those two guys, and it ended up being the guy that I was hoping it was going to be in Tyler Bate. So Tyler Bate, you know, I've said this for for months. I've been saying this for uh, at least the last year and a half. Tyler Bate should already have been on the main roster. And it looks like we finally got Tyler Bate on the main roster. All it took was Paul Levesque getting to control all of creative. And we got Tyler Bate now on the main roster. Apparently, they moved his roster page or his uh, his profile to be an official SmackDown roster member. So, WWE made that change today. So, it looks like Tyler Bate is now officially on the SmackDown roster. I love it. If you don't know who Tyler Bate is, you're going to fall in love with this guy, man. He is so fucking good at what he does. So good. A tremendous professional wrestler. And he's going to churn out some bangers on the main roster. What I like about this pairing is right now, you know, Pete Dunne doesn't really fit 
into anything right now. He doesn't fit into United States Championship. The Intercontinental title is over on Raw. We got Roman Reigns holding the, 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 the World Championships hostage. And right now, there is legitimately no other championship for Pete Dunne to go after as a single. Tyler Bates not going to really make that type of impact. So pairing these two guys together right now is probably the best for both. And I'm thinking, and from what I feel, Triple H may actually need to split. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see it happen. But if he continues to add tag teams and build a division separately on each show, it may lead to WWE finally splitting those tag team championships. I could see a team like Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate vying for those tag team titles. I could. I'd love to see them keep one title and have the titles float between both shows. I think that's too much work for WWE creative. They do it with the women's. I don't know why we don't do it for the men. We don't need two sets of tag team titles. We don't need two sets of anything. WWE is the liberty of floating these titles back and forth, so why don't you do it? If you look at the overall grand nature of the WWE tag team division, they have one stacked division. We could see tag team matches on a weekly basis, teams getting wins. Then you build that team up, whoever the team is that month, build them up towards a tag team championship match with the champions being featured on that show. It's not that difficult. But if WWE is going to continue to add teams on SmackDown and on Raw individually, it may be time for us to start thinking about splitting the tag team titles. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. I don't know why a decision hasn't been made on that. Damian Priest and Finn Balor look stupid. They look silly carrying around blue and red titles. I mean, just give me one set of universal tag team titles already. You did it with the women's. Let's make the undisputed WWE tag team titles. That's all you need to do. Or Triple H did the same thing with the other championships, the Women's World Heavyweight Championship, the Men's World Heavyweight Championship. And then on SmackDown, we got the WWE Women's Championship, the WWE Championship. Maybe we get the WWE Tag Team titles, and then we get the te- World Tag Team titles on, on Monday Night Raw. I feel like they're going to end up splitting both championships and, and doing the same thing that they've done with the other championships. But I don't think we need two sets. I think we need one set of tag team titles. That's just me. But I thought this was great. Tyler Bate turned out a great performance here. I'm not a big fan of Pretty Deadly. I think they are cringe as fuck, honestly. I Listen, they, they operate as a good tag team, but as a gimmick tag team, I can't see anybody, anybody taking them seriously. I just don't see it. And I'm over them feuding with Pete Dunne and Sheamus or any mixture of the brawling brutes. I'm done. I mean, it's like we've seen this every week since they've been called up to the main roster. So we'll pick it up after the commercial break. Prince, he was working over Butch. Butch fought his way out, suplexed Prince. Wilson tagged in. Bate got the hot tag. He cleaned house. He looked really good in there. You're going to become a fan of Tyler Bate quickly. Bate landed a European uppercut from the second rope on Wilson. Bate hit a standing shooting star press. Spun Wilson around and around and around in his signature airplane spin. That's basically his signature move, so... You'll see a lot of that. It's basically what Claudio does with the uh, Claudio spin or the Cesaro spin. Uh, Butch tagged in, and the two landed a double-team move, but Prince broke up the pin attempt. Butch went to the top rope. Wilson cut him off. Prince then pushed Butch off the top. Butch tagged in bait. 
and they hit their double team Tyler Driver 97 on Kit Wilson for the win. So good stuff there. Tyler Bay gets a win in his debut. Love it. Could be a solid tag team if they want to split the titles, which uh, my guy uh, Drew, Andrew Baydala, just texted me saying that the tag team titles are already made. Don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe we get them after WrestleMania. Who knows? Nick Aldis. He was shown backstage, and to everybody's surprise, in walks uh, Shante Adonis, formerly of Hit Row. He was shown walking into Nick Aldis' office. He told Aldis he feels completely lost. He's hungry and ready. His ribs are showing. I need to eat. I want an opportunity. Aldis then leaned in and said, I believed in you from the beginning, and I got some ideas for you that I think you'll find very interesting. I don't know what that means. I don't know where... uh, I don't know where Adonis is going to fit in on SmackDown, but we'll find out, man. You know, B-Fab has been floating around with Bobby Lashley and his crew there. I don't know if WWE dropped that out of nowhere. I know we've seen her kind of mix it up with Bobby Lashley, shown on camera with Lashley here and there. I don't know where that's going. I don't know where this is going. Adonis was probably, outside Swerve, he was probably the most talented of all of Hit Row. When Swerve got fired... Adonis was easily the top guy in the in the in the group. So I don't know where he's going. I don't know what they got planned for him, but hopefully it's something decent. I don't know. Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight. Winner receives the shot at Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Triple threat match. WWE built this match over the last two weeks. This got plenty of time, and I thought these three guys turned out what was a very good main event. Corey Graves said this was good enough to main event a PLE, and uh, I would not disagree with that. Definitely got the star power in there, for sure. So we got everybody getting their intros. The match was joined in progress when we get back from commercial break, and Styles was working over Orton. Night attack Styles, clothesline Styles over the top rope. Orton then took Knight over the top, and everybody was on the outside. So then we get a bunch of silliness on the commentary table. We got Styles bouncing L.A. Knight's head off the commentary table. L.A. Knight then takes AJ's head and starts bouncing him off the announce table. And then Randy Orton comes in, and he drops L.A. Knight on the announce table with his patented suplex. So everybody gets a shot on the table. Styles then ran Knight into the ring steps. Orton then was in the ring, and Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, but Orton tripped him up. Orton then went for the draping DDT, nailed his signature DDT on AJ. Orton then got the crowd ready. Everybody was going for Randy. He set up for the RKO, but LA Knight pulled Orton outside, and Knight ran Orton into the ring steps. So now we're in the ring with Styles and LA Knight. Styles hit a running dropkick on LA Knight. They're on the outside now. All three guys were down. We go to the final commercial break of the evening. Show came back. Styles was in control. Landed a running forearm on LA Knight. Styles hit a knee right to the midsection of LA Knight. Styles landed a back body drop on Knight for a two count. Orton climbed back into the ring. Styles kicked Orton viciously on the outside. Now Styles ran Orton into the barrier. 
Styles slammed Orton's head into the ring steps. We go back in the ring. LA Knight's there. He's fighting Styles. Big punches. Everybody's doing yeah with every punch that LA Knight makes. And then he takes Styles down with a big kick. Orton came back in. Knight hit a series of punches on Orton. Knight then hit a Russian leg sweep. He started firing up. Orton stopped his momentum. Snap power slam to LA Knight. Snap power slam to AJ Styles. Orton went for the RKO, but Knight countered into the BFT, the blunt force trauma. The referee was going to count one, two, but Styles stopped the referee's count. So LA Knight getting screwed over here, but no DQ, everything's legal. Knight and Styles then traded shots. Styles landed the Pele kick on LA Knight, slowed things down. Styles then planted Knight on the apron. He set up for a spring, springboard 450 splash. He hit it. It always looks beautiful. Knight kicked out barely right before the three count. Knight was bleeding off of the moonsault. I don't know where the bleeding came from, but it looked like to me, I watched it back twice. It looked like off the 450, Styles, the point of Styles' knee when he came down on LA Knight nailed him right in the forehead. And L.A. Knight looked like he was busted open hard way. There was a report that went out that, yes, Knight got some color, but he was actually okay, and he was good to go. So after that, Styles set up for the Styles Clash. Orton broke things up. Knight went to the outside. Styles set up for the phenomenal forearm on Orton. Styles actually hit it. But as for the pin attempt, Knight pulled the referee outside to break up the pinfall And he screwed AJ winning the match. So Randy Orton is laying in the ring. They're all laying in the ring. Roman Reigns music hits. Roman walks out with the rest of the bloodline. They didn't take their time. Roman's entrance usually spans about 11 minutes or so. They walked out there with meaning and purpose. Solo gets in the ring. He attacked LA Knight. He was already busted up. He got his ass beat. Jimmy Uso and Roman Reigns attacked Randy Orton and AJ Styles. Solo rammed the ring steps into Orton's head. Inside the ring, Reigns powerbomb Styles. Nick Aldis appeared as Reigns threw Styles out of the ring. Reigns hit a Superman punch on LA Knight. Followed that up with a spear. Next up was Orton, who was out of the ring already. Orton then hits a spear. Jimmy threw him back in the ring. He hits a spear on Orton. And it was a double-team Spirit-Samoan spike combo along with Solo Sokoa. So Roman Reigns is celebrating like he's not going to have to worry about these guys. And he holds up the championship. And he's celebrating like he took them all out. Nick Aldis walks over to Paul Heyman. And off mic says, you know, you're going to need to tell your tribal chief that what he did tonight is going to cost him. Now he's looking at a fatal four-way at the Royal Rumble. And he will defend his championship against not one guy but all three. And that's the way the show goes off the air. So Paul Heyman now has the terrible duty of telling the Tribal Chief what he did now cost him the one-on-one match, and now he will have to defend the title against all three of these guys in a fatal four-way. That's the way the show went off the air with Heyman looking very concerned. You know, they didn't really make Roman Reigns look like the brightest light bulb in the box there because you would think that with Paul Heyman and him being the wise man that he would have went over all these scenarios where Roman Reigns honestly should have been kind of tipped off or cued in. Hey, hey, champ, hey, tribal chief, you know, a fatal four-way isn't looking too good for you. 
Let's do the one-on-one match. The odds are better. We have the man advantage here with Solo on the outside or Jimmy on the outside. The numbers game is in our favor. Meanwhile, he just screwed himself over. So WWE creative didn't really make Roman Reigns look like the brightest light bulb in the box there. But I guess for the sake of making this unpredictable and for the sake of not having their creative backs against the wall, this was the only way they could go about it. I don't know. So Randy Orton, LA Knight, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, Fatal 4 for the Universal Championship. I went over this already in the beginning. WWE wanted this match to be a little bit more unpredictable. Randy Orton would have been very predictable. He's not winning the championship one-on-one against Roman Reigns. LA Knight shouldn't even be in title discussions right now. He's not beating Roman Reigns before WrestleMania. Neither is AJ Styles. The Fatal 4-Way adds a nice little dose of unpredictability and now opens up the scenario for people to start talking. Will Roman Reigns lose the championship in a multi-man match where he doesn't have to take the pinfall? And the answer is, it should not happen that way. No. No. Fatal 4-Way will be unpredictable, but it also will be no DQ. This gives Roman Reigns still the man advantage, and I'm assuming that something will happen that gives Roman Reigns the victory like it usually does. But Roman Reigns losing the championship in a multi-man match, yes, it's a possibility. Yes, it's a scenario that WWE has now given you. But no, it's a terrible, terrible idea. Roman should not lose the title, nor will he. I'm just giving you what should not happen. He should not lose the championship in a multi-man match. If Roman is going to lose the championship, it should be to Cody Rhodes in the main event of WrestleMania 40, night two, with him passing the torch over to Cody. All because everybody has this fantasy of Roman and Rock and the title doesn't need to be on the line. Then we get to that discussion. All right, if Roman loses the championship, is Roman also going to wrestle The Rock and lose to uh, to The Rock? I don't want Roman losing to The Rock. No. Your job, your priority here is to make Cody look like the next king to carry the throne. That's what it needs to be. Roman beating The Rock at the chamber, defending the title, beating Rock, looking absolutely untouchable, and then dropping the title and that loss to Cody is going to enhance Cody tenfold. That's what it should be. This imagination, this fairy tale of Roman losing the championship without being pinned is awful. Cody Rhodes versus Randy Orton for Cody to finish his story against Randy. No. Does Randy deserve a two-month title reign only to drop it to Cody? It's too quick, too soon, and he deserves a little bit better than that. Why rush something that could be just as epic, if not more, in the summer for SummerSlam's main event or possibility WrestleMania 41's main event? WWE could be looking at if they want to play their cards right and give us the creative that we deserve here. Cody, Roman, Seth, Punk, following WrestleMania, the big two matches at SummerSlam, Cody Orton, Punk Reigns. I don't understand why we need to rush. Dwayne is really throwing a monkey wrench into everything. Dwayne has really divided the WWE universe here. He's divided the wrestling fans on social media. 
Stop booking with your feelings. Start booking. Start booking with logic in mind. Stop booking with your feelings and because Dwayne is back. We got a path that's already been paved. Follow it. The detour here is not the best route. Getting to Roman and Rock at WrestleMania is not the right way to go about things now. You can get just as much satisfaction, if not more, by doing the match at the chamber. You have the, the fortunate opportunity to get this match done and not have it be at WrestleMania, but make it feel just like WrestleMania. Why would you look anywhere else in this situation? I don't get it. Anyway, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the SmackDown coverage here on this Saturday afternoon. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up, I would really, really appreciate you do. Helps me out a bunch. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Let's try for thousands likes on today's stream. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell. For notifications, go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. More coming tomorrow. We were live on Monday for Day One Raw. Drew and I were live on Tuesday with TNT. Excellent show on Tuesday night. Wednesday, I was live by myself. Jesse will be back with me on Wednesday, this coming week. And a bunch of extras thrown in there. Go and check all that stuff out. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Go and get yourself a free sample on me, courtesy of the podcast. Code JD at checkout. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Who was first in the venue tonight, man? Michael Krause with a $2 super chat. Says, what's up from Walla? Hope your concert was great, bro. Mark Tremonti is a fucking beast, man. The guy can do it all. Lauren with the 21 months. We all knew it'd end up being a fatal four-way at the Rumble. But Styles and Orton can't afford to be pinned. We are slowly getting a heel Aldis. That may be Randy Orton's WrestleMania opponent for all I know. Nick Aldis. No need to rush Orton and Cody Rhodes, man. No need. I trust Triple H to do the right thing. Also, Lauren with a $5 Super Chat. SmackDown was a great show. Triple H cooked. It seemed to me Nick Aldis is screwing everyone over for Roman's title. Also, Chamber will be Cody, Randy, AJ, Jay, Drew, Rock. I don't know. I don't know what the Chamber is going to be. The Rock should not be anywhere near a fucking Elimination Chamber. Not today, Jay, with a 16 months. Happy 16 months, J.D. So everyone needs to chill out on the Fatal 4-Way. Roman Reigns going to retain. Trips is trying to make the match a little unpredictable. I know. The only reason why he did what he did last night, man. We got a 199 from Bad Lil. You hear the people chant Rocky? WrestleMania 40. 
Main storyline is the story of Tribal Chief. All right. Great. Elimination Chamber. JC720 with a five. He says, you're number one with a number one emoji. Thank you, brother. Ali with a 499. JD, my friend, you always give us the truth about wrestling no matter what. Hashtag the GOAT. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, Ali. I try my best, man. Take Tay with 17 months. JD, how would you book the outcome of the Fatal 4-Way Undisputed Universal Championship match at the Royal Rumble? Would you have Randy or Roman go over? Roman goes over. He pins LA Knight or AJ Styles. Randy Orton does not take a pinfall loss. Bad Lil with a 199. You IWC marks have no clue. Cody isn't mainstream. Who are you calling a mark, bro? You're in a pro wrestling live stream donating money to the content creator. Baby Shaq, 342 with 20 months. What's up, OTS? Didn't watch SmackDown because of work. Heard it was a nice show. I will be at Monday Night Raw in New Orleans before the Rumble. Excellent. Should be a good show. Glock with a beam. $2 super chat. No message. Thank you, Glock. Tribal Chief with a $2 super chat. SmackDown was good, pal. OTS for life. Thank you, Tribal Chief. Yes, sir. With a super chat. Roman retains at the Rumble. Punk wins the Rumble. Roman kicks Jimmy out of SmackDown. Cody to SmackDown. Solo costs The Rock the match at the chamber. Cody wins the chamber. Punk, Rollins, Roman, Cody, Rock, Solo, Jimmy J. It's an easy story to tell. It's an easy story to tell. You want The Rock at WrestleMania? Then get him in a tag team match with Solo, Jimmy, and J. There it is. Easy. Robert Hurt with 34 months. JD, I love your show. What dollar range you think it would take to get Sasha back in the WWE again? I don't know, man. And quite frankly, I don't give a shit where she ends up. I'm tired of talking about it. If she shows up in the Rumble, great. We got Sasha Banks back on WWE TV. Excellent. She shows up in AEW, which right now a lot of people tend to think is happening. It'll be a great get for AEW. Michelle Moran with a $10 super chat. Triple H can't be that stupid to pull the title off of Roman at the Royal Rumble. Rock Roman at WrestleMania would screw things up for Punk, Cody, and Seth. By the way, Roman came to the ring faster than he ever has in three years last night. Yes. Glock with a beam. $2 super chat. What's the fix for WWE's dead crowds on live shows? I don't know, man. Vancouver was a little rough last night. Wilhelm Hendrick with 37 months. Thank you, man. Love your brother here from South Africa. I'm excited to be a part of everything you do and will always support you. Thank you, man. Thank you so very much. Tribal Chief Jr. with a 699. Roman asks Paul to do something about it. Do you think they change it to an elimination match? Also, you think Priest... 
might attempt to cash in on Roman. I have no idea what they're doing with Priest. In fact, I think that briefcase right now, they're undecided on what they want to do with it, and it's only bringing Priest down. I think the money in the bank concept is a dead concept. I think we should get rid of it. I think we should get rid of money in the bank and replace it with King of the Ring. Honestly. 20-minute promo. 11 months. They call you a Triple H shill, yet don't realize that you are a podcaster and not a journalist. We are here for opinions, not unbiased journalism. I don't know what to tell you, man. I can't say nothing good about WWE because then the AEW fans think I'm negative towards AEW. I can't say anything positive about AEW. Otherwise, the WWE stands will come after me, man. I can't win. Can't win. I don't know what to do. Leave me alone. Seriously. Jason, thank you again, brother, for the $100 super chat. Chris with a $9.99. If you're booking Rock vs. Roman at the Chamber... All Roman has to say is back in 2015 when I won the Royal Rumble, you stole my spotlight. Nine years later, I'm taking the spotlight from you. I'm sure they'll bring that up. I mean, that has to be brought up. Mr. DC Comics with a five. What's the plan for Cody Rhodes after he wins the WWE title? How is he going to be any different from Seth Rollins' boring title reign? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Why are we already dooming and glooming Cody Rhodes when he hasn't even won the championship yet? If it's anybody's fault, it's WWE's fault for not pulling the trigger last year. Dige Discs with a 499. Also, Roman and Cody. Already faced off. The match is locked in. I would watch for Nick. He's going to be the one to get Cody to SmackDown to spite Roman. Yeah, I think Nick Aldis is going to play a bigger role in WrestleMania than we than we kind of realize. Seriously. JF with a 999. What if WWE starts introducing more hard rock heavy metal bands for Raw and SmackDown and PLE? Would you agree that it would drastically enhance the show's presentation? Also, there is more leniency on blood or nah. No, LA Knight was busted open accidentally. I don't think that was planned. And I'd love to see a little bit more heavy metal, hard rock. Uh, it, 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 I don't want to say go full on what NXT did, but the two theme songs for both Raw and SmackDown are just atrociously bad. I'd love to see some Slipknot or fucking, you know, Something that's kind of like hard-hitting, edgy, plus also kind of mainstream. Something cool. Something good. When I think pro wrestling, I think fucking people beating the shit out of each other, man. I think of mosh pits. I think of hard-hitting, you know, guitar riffs and drums. I think WWE's kind of dropped the ball on their uh, weekly theme songs. Dom Wapa with a 199. Looking forward to this cross ALP faction. As am I, man. JF with a 499. Also, many have called this resurgence era, redemption era in WWE. Would that be a fitting description? W podcast, by the way. Thank you, JF. Uh, I'm calling this the Triple H era. Never mind resurgence or redemption. This is the Triple H black and gold main roster era. Ho 
Hush with a $5 super chat. Roman interfered because him, Heyman, don't take all this seriously. He thinks he will be match-free, just beating everyone. All this then showed who's in charge. Yeah. But it still doesn't hide the fact that Roman shouldn't take those chances. He, he was made to look like an idiot last night. Fat Albert with a 199. JD, who do you think faces Seth at the Royal Rumble? I would not mind another match with Drew McIntyre. Or maybe Damian Priest just cashes in and says, listen, I tried to cash this in a few times now, and it never went the way that I want. So I'm just going to cash it in. Entrepreneur Daily with a 199. I love the unpredictability of WWE right now. Hashtag OTS. Yeah, me too. Joe, the show with a 499. Hey, JD, if Cody beats Roman at Mania, do you think we could see Solo winning the money in the bank and cashing in on Cody at SummerSlam? I don't know. I don't know where Solo is going to fit into being the new tribal chief when Roman doesn't want to be there anymore. Not thinking about that. Let's take it one step at a time. Edward with a 999. When did this declaring for the Rumble become the norm? I miss being surprised of who would be in the match. I thought the match itself is the appeal, not who is announced, declares beforehand. I don't mind a couple of people declaring, but what I wish is WWE would take what they did in the old school with the gold tumbler and have people pull their number out and tell us, you know, yeah, I'll be in the Rumble, but you don't know what number I'm coming out at. I love if they did that. I think that could be really made into uh, a modern type thing, even though it's an old school concept. Delightful entertainment with a 199. If Cody doesn't finish the story, Rock is dead to me. So is Cody. If Cody doesn't finish his story, he might as well go back to Tony Khan. Dev with a super chat. You think that Roman's run didn't elevate someone? No, Roman's run only elevated Jey Uso. That was it. And maybe Sami Zayn. Other than that, it didn't elevate anybody. It elevated Roman. JF with a 499. Can you imagine if WrestleMania 40's theme was Bodies by Drowning Pool as a tribute to the extreme in Philly? No. WrestleMania usually has some poppy, mainstream, unlistenable garbage for their theme song, which I'm expecting this year. Dev also... Which wrestler you think has the most toxic fans? Take your pick. Alexa Bliss. Sasha Banks. I mean, they're just... They're just awful. Just awful. WWE fans and AEW fans in general on social media are just fucking toxic, man. You got two forms of toxic. You got people that hate on AEW that are just fucking pro-WWE to the fucking extreme... Faceless geeks, virgins who don't have a life, and then you got the pro wrestling fan who just regurgitates just positivity and copy and pastes all these other things that they see online. It's disgusting. Social media is just disgusting. Alex with a $15 super chat. JD, who do you think should face Randy Orton at WrestleMania? Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. 
Lord J. Coyle with a $2 Super Chat. Mia Yim got a title match just like Riho did. Uh, Jay, don't tell the AEW fans that. Oh, but Rio was feuding with the Alcacasts. The oh, yeah? Samuel Bodine with a two. No message. Thank you, Samuel. Delightful entertainment with a 199. I love how Triple H makes Knight look strong every time. Yeah, Triple H. The reason why LA Knight's there is because of Triple H. Adam Casper with a $5 super chat. JD, happy Saturday. Royal Rumble will definitely be a must-watch for sure. There could be some surprise results. Royal Rumble is my favorite show of the year, man. No matter what. Gabriel Boss with a $50 super chat. You mean to tell me that people want Roman Rock at WrestleMania so we can go off the air night two like the last three WrestleManias, which... Is Spear, one, two, three, Roman stands tall. I'm tired of that. We should end WrestleMania 40 differently. You speak a lot of sense, Gabriel. Arrangements with a 499. Hey, JD, who do you think will end up eating the pin in the Fatal 4 match of the Royal Rumble? LA Knight. Zach with a 499. I think The Rock will show up at the end of the four-way after some bloodline nonsense to set up the chamber. If it sets up the chamber, that's an excellent decision. AJ with eight months. Happy 2024, JD. You're the best in the business. WWE doesn't need to screw up Cody Rhodes. He needs to finish the story at Mania. Rock, Roman at the chamber. Yes. Definitely Sasha Mercedes. Andrew Zarian was getting death threats over his Mercedes coverage to AEW speculation. Well, those people aren't real fans of Mercedes then if they're complaining that she's going to AEW. If you're a fan of Mercedes, then you'd be happy she lands anywhere that you could actually watch her on TV. Who gives a shit where she goes? Are you a fan of what she does? Great. Shut the fuck up and watch her wrestle. Who gives a shit which company it's for? Fucking marks on social media are so cancerous, man. Who gives a shit where she wrestles? Like, she's not going to churn out bangers over on AEW. Maybe you'll get to see someone you haven't seen before. Maybe you'll see Mercedes wrestle somebody that she hasn't wrestled for and will turn out a banger. Adding more to her career highlights and her overall Hall of Fame career. Now, but your tribalism is so thick that your IQ has sunken to sub-zero levels. Never ceases to amaze me how the internet wrestling community is such garbage. Uh, Mike, $2 Super Chat. Mike, 43 with a $2 Super Chat. He says, Nick screws Orton at the Royal Rumble. I mean, I could see it. We'll see what happens. I don't know what they're doing, but we'll figure it out. Fujins Henry with a 21 months. Thank you, JD, for all that you do. The best in the business. Thank you, Fujins. Thank you for being here, brother. Pavitman with a $4.99. Last night brought flashbacks to Wednesday nights in 2015. Excited for the future. Hopefully AJ can find his ring gear soon. I like this, like, street clothes, I don't give a shit version of AJ Styles. 
Yes, sir, with a super chat. Sami Zayn wins money in the bank in Canada. Uh, I could see that being the case. Maybe we get Sami Zayn versus Gunther at SummerSlam. I don't know. Sarit Mohanty. Kind of funny that the IWC is fighting over conflicting reports of PW Insider and Sat Meltzer over Mercedes' status. How about Joey Styles as the replacement for an awful Kevin Patrick? No. I think Joey Styles, uh, Joey Styles is well past his prime. Adam! Casper with a $5 super chat. JD, any predictions for House of Black vs. FTR tonight? Definitely should happen. Should have happened on the pay-per-view Saturday. Yes. Uh, I'm going with House of Black. I think they need it more than FTR. And we'll see, man. Jesse's uh, assessment of FTR, the fact that they've actually taken a lesser role now that you-know-who got fired and they were close with you-know-who. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Will Chisholm with a five. With QQW. Maybe getting Naomi, Julia, and Camille. You can tell he's... Who who is QQW, bro? What is QQW? Triple H? WWE? Will, I'm going to have to ask you to proofread your your, your super chats next time, man. I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Naomi, Julia, and Camille. Yes, Triple H wants a brand new revolution. You can tell Triple H was very distraught over the way Vince McMahon treated the women's division. Hollywood Eric with a nine months, celebrating my nine months in the venue, watching my SmackDown Live review. In weeks, I've been busy with the holidays. Glad I'm here for the ace. OTS for life. Thank you, Hollywood Eric. Thank you for being here, man. Harold Russell with eight months. If KO wins the U.S. title, where would you put LA Knight versus Logan Paul or Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? Uh, I don't know where we go with that, but I think LA Knight's getting the shot at WrestleMania. I don't know how we pivot to that, but after we kind of get where we need to be with the world championship situation, I think LA Knight's going to be removed from that situation. Harold Russell. Thank you for the eight months. Ravi loves wrestling with a five. Hey, JD, with the release of Kevin Dunn. (laughs) Do you think WWE will finally get rid of Def Rebel and find new composers for their theme songs? Def Rebel is trash. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if Kevin Dunn had anything to do with Def Rebel. But yes, Def Rebel is not good. Mikey Ruckus in AEW is the best musical composer in the business right now. Adam! Casper with a $15 Super Chat. Judgment Day still needs... To matter in 2024, when does Damian Priest cash in? I don't know, man. We could see him cash in at the Royal Rumble. I don't know. And LA Knight will win the U.S. title at WrestleMania. Yes, I agree. I think LA Knight wins against Logan Paul for sure. That that Those seeds have been planted last year. And Marcus B with a $2 Super Chat. Trademark and never change... The what the fuck are you drinking? No, that ain't going anywhere, man. It's one of my favorite parts of what I do. 
asking you guys, what the fuck are you drinking? It's the whole gimmick. I mean, we're in a bar. Look at us. There's one thing I love, a couple of things I love. My video games, my pro wrestling, and my cold beverages. Anyway, guys, thank you for a great stream, man. I got some prep to do before House of Glory. Glad we can come on here and talk pro wrestling and talk what happened SmackDown tonight and not miss a fucking beat. Love it. Thank you guys very much for all of your supports. I will be with you tomorrow. You'll see me in the sub boxes, man. We got some news on Mercedes. We got some news on... <laughs> Kevin Dunn. And we got news on a potential... WWE hoping to get in bed with New Japan Pro Wrestling, man. I'll tell you what, that's never going to happen as long as Tony Khan is alive and breathing. Anyway, guys, please hit that thumbs up. We need 60 more likes for 1,000. Thank you for the super chat love tonight. Go check me out on social media, at JD from NY206X, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Go check out all the other content on the channel, and I'll see you live right back here on YouTube with more news right here on OTS. Until then, guys, have a great Saturday. I'll see you tonight for House of Glory. If you're going to the show, don't be afraid to say what's up. If you want to watch Premier Network Live at 8 p.m., I'll see you guys tomorrow right here on OTS.